Hey guys, uh, David and I are back again this week. We got uh, our friend Blake on here. Uh, he just started trading, I guess, when was it last May? So about 10 months ago, eight months ago? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So we just kind of wanted yeah. to get, uh, bring you on here because, you know, you're a little bit newer to the game and just kind of go through, you know, why you want to get started, how'd you get into it, like, you know, what sort of processes are you following, just kind of get a bit of that information, Eddie, and see, <laughs> see how things are going. I know you're making money already, which is always nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, I, the big thing that got me into it, honestly, to start was Dave. Uh, like, I saw him, I saw him just posting stuff on Instagram, and it was all, like, completely foreign to me. Like, a year ago at this time, I had absolutely no idea about any thing to do with stock market anything like that i still don't know much about what's going on but i'm getting there uh it's uh it's definitely a learning process it's it's it changes every day but i'm i'm gonna be happier that i did decide to start doing this and uh having someone like dave kind of walk me through how to get started steps to take what to look for all that kind of stuff and it has helped more than anything because there's so many people on YouTube or all those kind of like sites that you want to like Google how to start trading on the stocks. But right. there's so many like, oh, you can get rich in 30 days, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. That, that's all bullshit. So, uh, there's too many people that fall into that. Be like, like, I get messages now. Oh, can you recommend me a good YouTube video to start? And I'm right. like, don't watch YouTube. Like there's, there's some, there's some. So there is some, but if it says get rich in 30 days, <laughs> it's like stay away from those <laughs> yeah um, so it's like guys like you that you need to be watching even like when i first talked to dave about it he's like watch warren buffett watch peter lynch like those are the guys that you want to be learning from to start um not some 18 year old guy in a corvette or something right so yeah there's so many of those things out there man that's that's why we started this thing originally it's just like know. you know we're not doing this for money or anything it's just like we just see so many scams and like, you know, like David and I being in it for a while, like we know that it's all scams yeah. and there's so many people signing up for these things and paying for it. I just like, I just feel bad for them. <laughs> so, I agree. so what, so, uh, like what, what platform are you using and stuff? Like, what do you, you know, are you using like a broker or a TFSA or? Um, well, like in regards, I, I started on just on simply on wealth simple okay. um, and just open a TFSA through there. Um, but there is, they take a percentage commission, which, started adding up so when i started adding more money uh, i even sent a screenshot today i'm like it was like my first buy ever that i bought tesla and uh i'm like right. why did it take so much for this and because it was a percent it adds up so he's like use td um and it's just ten dollars flat every trade which something that does make a very big difference like if it's a percent like even like i started trading bitcoin and stuff too it's like they take a coinbase fee and then there's a conversion fee or whatever it's like there's seven percent already gone, or five percent, whatever it is. So you definitely have to watch for that because it does vary. Even like CIBC, RBC, TD, Quest Trade. There's so many different platforms out there that it's important to do your research before you just start putting your money into something and saying, "Okay, I'm going to buy this," without without even knowing what type of fees that are going to come along with it. So yeah, that's a, right. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point because even just this year, like I've been trading on TD for like or investing in TD for like eight years. And only this year I started to realize that, yeah, they charge you like a flat rate for the, uh, they trade the 10 bucks, which is like highest for the industry. But when you're trading a couple thousand dollars, it's not that big of a deal. But what I discovered is they take a rake off the, uh, the conversion rate. So you really, so if you're trading us stocks, you really should open a us trading account. Cause I had a Canadian TFSA. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then uh, I was noticing they were taking 2% off the uh, exchange rate every time. So if I had a 10% move and they're taking oh, 2%, wow. like that's bullshit. Hmm. I know. Yeah, especially, you know, if a lot of like, I, I know I was talking to you, David, a couple of weeks ago, just asking about Bitcoin and stuff, because I know you've been day trading it for a long time. And you're, you know, now you're making, you know, five, eight, 10% moves or whatever. But when it kind of starts to level out, like in the previous years, when you'd been trading it, you said you were aiming for like two or 3%. So you're basically losing, you know, all your profits just just on those commissions, right? <laughs> well, well, I'm trading on futures now. So they, they're the highest the fees ever goes like 0.1%. So it's pretty cheap. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad then. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. There's, there's so many different ones out there. Like one thing I'm struggling with right now actually is like with day trading because I'm always shorting stocks like a lot of the time and I'm always like playing like in you know, all the garbage companies that nobody knows about, but they don't have a very high float. Like there's not a lot of shares. So there's like features in brokers where it's like it's called like a hard to borrow locate feature, which is basically like you can pay, you know, say it's two cents a share to have your broker locate shares for you and then you can get them. So if you want like a thousand shares, you know, you pay your two cents a share and then you can have those shares to short for the day because they're not readily available. Like, you know, if you go on Microsoft or, you know, Tesla or whatever, you can short those all day long because there's millions of shares out there. But I'm having a very hard time in Canada, surprisingly, finding a broker that has that feature. Like I've talked to I've talked to Centerpoint, I've talked to E-Trade, like interactive brokers is what I use, but that feature is not available in Canada. I've talked to Trade Zero. I've talked to Lightspeed. Like, I think I'm on like I must have talked to like 15 different brokers by now, trying to figure it out. Because you know, I've, I've kind of like perfected my long game, so to speak. But now I'm starting to go short, and it's just like this huge handicap I'm dealing with, and trying to find a broker that has that available. So if anybody knows one, let me know. But <laughs> I'm still on the hunt right now. <laughs> yes. So uh, Blake, how um, are you trading or investing right now, or a little bit of both? Uh. I would say more so trading like I just I don't know I I don't have any like I'm laid off work right now because of lockdown so I have all the time in the world so it's like I just <laughs> stare on my laptop all day and uh, just watch the charts like that's that's all I do so it's like oh, okay like I have this in whatever ETF it is it's made two percent over the last month I'm like okay well I could have taken that four thousand dollars and put it somewhere else it's like it's maybe not the best way to look at it all the time because it is more volatile but um, so I do have some investments but for the most part I'm I'm, day tra I'm like looking for more like swing trades that kind swing of trades stuff. right so what you, so what stocks are you looking at in particular like are you looking at any specific sectors or you just kind of looking at what's moving and then doing a bit of research, like how are you kind of basing your trades? So my most successful uh, run I had was in November and it was all EVs, so electrical vehicles. That was when it had a little boom there. Like I, I, I remember I showed Dave Expin, this is like my biggest accomplishment in life. I showed Dave a stock report, you know, and uh, I, he's like, and then he messaged me back like at like one o'clock in the morning. Wow, this stock's actually, this company is actually pretty impressive. And uh, <laughs> That was when it first IPO'd. It was like uh, $21, and then it went down to like $19.18, um, playing with it in there. And then slowly, just everything started taking off. And now it's, I forget what it's at, 50 something. Um, mm -hmm. It went up to 72. I sold that day, it hit 72, and I let it come back down for the most part. But Neo, XPeng, even like Lee a little bit too, LI, um, both, that was my most, I made. $8,700 American in one day, and I sold all of it at the end of that day. And it was like, I called my mom, I'm like, I just made a car one day. And I was like, <laughs> that was like, amazing. <laughs> so yeah. that, was, that was definitely, I, I took that hype and I just ran with it. Even 
And Dave did the same thing. I remember like that one day X Bank went like twenty two percent in one day or something, and uh, threw it up in a story. He put in what'd you put in like fifteen grand or something, and just uh, sometimes when it, when the opportunity presents itself right in front of you, it's like just take it. Sometimes obviously it's not the best way to look at it. Always you don't go off hype. You need to be more analytical with it and like look at the charts, all that kind of stuff. But I was talking to I was talking to David the other week about like you know just trying to get an idea of like what your trading style was and I I said I was just like I was like I hope he's not one of those guys that just started trading in this bull market and he's just gonna be the new president. he can he can just buy anything and make money forever yeah, <laughs> it doesn't know it doesn't last and, then, and David is telling me he's like no no he's like I, I told him make sure he sells on the way up every time yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the key <laughs> man you, you, you didn't take the ride back down no what i didn't take the right back down you yeah yeah because you saw the top you did because i i there's i guarantee there's people that took the right up and then they didn't expect to sell off and they just took right right back down my one friend who's my age that i talk to during the day a lot who does this with me he he won't sell he'll never take a profit <laughs> and uh i'm like man sell it's too high everything's gone and that was the day i sold and that's the day crap like it started falling back down he's like oh it'll go back up it'll go back up but like the one thing you said to me that will forever stick in my head is no one ever went broke taking profit. And that's like, that's like, it, it's so true. That, that is the number one rule because you get greedy and it's like, yeah. okay, well, it's running, it's running, it's going to keep going, but you got to take profit when you can. So, right. That's one mistake, yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I remember some of the traders I followed instilled in my head like way early on is nobody ever went broke taking profits along the way, right? <laughs> like even, even on my swing trades and stuff, I trade the same way. Like I always take a little bit off, a little bit off, and then yeah. you know, you're gonna you're gonna miss out on a little bit of profit, but in the long run, you're gonna save yourself so many headaches. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I held on to uh well, the one that I was the most out on ever was Palantir. I was out 4,500 American at one point because it was like floating on the steam and then it started going down. I'm like, okay, I don't want to cut my losses. It'll go come back up. But that's like that from that point, I learned that even if I'm losing a hundred dollars or whatever, $200, I don't care. I'll get that back on somewhere else. It's worse than being out $4,500 and watching that sit there. So, right. Yeah. That's like, you know, you're like, the way I always trade is, you know, you always got to know where you're going to cut it before you even get in the trade, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. especially in like the stuff that I do. It's like it's it's so quick that like before before I even go into a trade, I know exactly how many shares I'm going to use. I know exactly where I'm going to cut it, and I know exactly the dollar value that I'm going to lose if it goes wrong. Yeah. And once I'm okay with yeah. that dollar yeah. value, then I'll take the trade. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. Otherwise, <laughs> no, no way. So have you? So are you? Are you so I just wanted I just wanted to, uh, Blake to, to ask Blake. Um, uh, how did you do in last year anyway? The twenty twenty that rush. Uh, I was. I think I came down a little bit, but at the most, I was up seventy five percent on my initial investment, which is like I maxed out my TFSA for uh, being twenty five years old. <laughs> and I have some in an RSP, so that's like, yeah. So I, I, I made my year salary sitting at home doing nothing. Well, not nothing. So, are you are you planning on like continuing this to swing trade now, or like with with all your capital, or like are you planning on like putting some in just you know like slow growth long term or dividends or? So I yeah like I I am putting I am starting to look at putting more into more long term stuff investments um, and staying away well not away from doing less swing trades but uh, I am wanting wanting to be more 
take more of a safe route. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 like Dave, everything is red right now. I'm down $4,000 on the day. What the hell do I do? I'm like, tell me how not to sell everything right now. Um, so it's like you need to be able to – I've never learned, like, the patience. Like, I've, I've worked with kids for six years, kindergartners. And, uh, like, that takes an insane amount of patience, but this is even more because – you need to learn that like, you need to have balls of steel when you're doing this. And if you're going to put it in those risky volatile stocks, then you need to be able to see your portfolio down $3,000 on a day sometimes. Because if, the, if it's a Black Friday sale, everything's red, then you're down a lot of money. So obviously that will happen regardless. But when you're playing with the really volatile stocks, it happens even more. So Right. Yeah, I know. Like I t- I've talked to David about that a few times, and he, I think he's kind of – He's like the bridge in between the two of us. I think I think all three of us have the same like overall perspective because like for me, yeah. like all my money goes into dividend stocks and long-term investments, but I day trade, yeah. which is the most like chaotic, <laughs> volatile thing you can do. But I don't like to speed trade, right? I don't I don't like to hold stuff overnight. I'm just like I'm so cynical from shorting stuff that I just don't I don't ever feel like anything that far up. And then David's obviously like more into the swing trading, long-term investing and stuff, right? Yeah, so there's yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I think I think the bottom line basically that we're all kind of come to the conclusion is you just like you need to have a nice balance of everything, right? Like yeah. you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, essentially. No. A nice bridge of everything. I know. So would you say the Palantir trade was the biggest lesson you learned or or is there a couple more you want? There was there was definitely a few, like even Tesla. So I I made like so out of that, like, 75%, whatever that I've made, it's whatever, like, just 30 grand or whatever. Um, Tesla was probably about $8,000 of that American that I made. Um, and there was one time. So it was in the August run from, like, July to August. And I was up, whatever, four grand. I sold one day before it started coming down. And I'm like, mm, maybe I sold a little bit too early. So this was September 1st or whatever, whatever day started coming down. Um, and it went from, it hit that 495 or whatever, 500 mark. And then it came back down. And I remember you had like, you had uh, call or buys for like 330, 350, like when it hit down there. And uh, I bought it the next day after I sold because I thought it was going to run for, looking at the chart, I thought it was going to run a little bit longer. And it didn't run a little bit longer. And it came, just started falling and falling and falling. And I was out 4,000 American on that stock too. And it's like, that was me being greedy. I had, I cut my loss or I, I took my profit and I'm like, mm, maybe I can make a little bit more money. So I bought in the next morning by lunch, it started falling. And I'm just like, I'm like, oh, it'll come back up. It'll come back up. And it didn't come up until it got announced that it was going into S&P. Right. So that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of the nice thing I was, uh, I was thinking too, is like, you know, like when you say, I'll, I'll just hold it and hope it comes back up kind of thing. Like, I don't want to say that's, a, that's a good thing to do, but I mean, the reality <laughs> is if you're, if you're trading those, like those big solid companies like Tesla or, you know, Apple or Amazon or anything like that, I mean, you're okay to, you know, potentially get in at the wrong time, have it come way down and like, you know, it's a pretty safe bet that it's going to come back up. It's, it's when you get into the you know, the sketchier and sketchier stocks that becomes like lesser of a lesser of a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really important lesson to learn. Like whether you're like swing trader and investing, it's like for me anyway, I'm like, you really should understand what it is you're buying and why you're buying it. Cause you would buy Tesla for the reason that you think this is going to be a great company 10, 15, 20 years out. So what if it dips 20% this year? 
right? Because long, over the long term, that's an, that's an insignificant number, right? Versus like you buying a, a cannabis company, you barely know shit about it. And it takes 50%. You're like, ah, right? That'll be fine. Like, I know nothing about the business, but I know people might want cannabis and they might legalize it. Somebody buy this thing in the tanks. You're just like questioning like everything at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You get in that situation a lot, so... Yeah. Definitely don't want people to think that it's a good idea to just buy and hold forever if it's down because that's usually not a good idea. But if it's you know like I guess the best way to explain it is if you're if you're doing like a long term investment like I know David does this a lot on Tesla where he has his core position and then he'll he'll trade around that so like he'll do those short term yeah. swings on a stock that he knows is good and he has a big lump sum yeah. at a lower value anyways so he's not really too worried mm -hmm. right. Yeah, I'm always adding and subtracting from that main core position, like maybe 20% that I trade and the rest of it, I'm just kind of like holding. Yeah, yeah. So like you're not, I mean, even if you take a bit of a loss on it, it's not the end of the world because you'd probably just hold those shares for the next 10 years anyways. Yeah, like I said, the last podcast, I, I've only ever sold all my Tesla shares once. It was only to get more Tesla shares off that Solar Cities. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so, so yeah, that was, that was the best trade of my life before I started to learn uh, technical analysis. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point actually. So so Blake, have you been have you been basing a lot of your trades on like technical analysis or more of like the companies themselves or like have you been, you know, learn like learning chart patterns, like do you use any indicators or I've been so like that's what I've been doing as a recent trying to learn chart patterns more. Um it, it's but uh, even so I know like with you uh day trading for some stocks, you don't even care what the company is. You don't even care like anything about their fundamentals, whatever. You just care about what the chart is doing, and that's all that matters. And like I remember you said that. So I've, I, I haven't reached that point yet of uh, having that confidence to do that, like anywhere close. I still look into the company. Like I'm up till like 3 o'clock in the morning. So I just I click on like one article, and then it brings me to the site. I look through all their uh, earnings, all that kind of stuff, and I just get lost in that. So I still very much still look into the companies um, before I will invest. So I, yeah. right, but I, I agree with you. If you're doing anything overnight, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even hold the stock for one night without knowing a lot about the company. The company yeah. that's the difference, right? Like, like that's why I know I posted that on our Instagram today. Like, I don't want people to get confused because, like, when, I, when I'm talking about something, you know, I posted that I was gonna. I'm looking at like CCIV for a short on Monday, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's us, and he's like, he's like, oh, I'm I'm long that stock right now, like you know. It's, and, and I was like, I was like, no, like that's not what I'm saying. If you're investing in it, it's different. Like I'm looking for a 15, 20 minute move in the morning. Yeah. That's it. And then I'm out yeah. and I don't care anymore. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So, like all that other stuff is irrelevant, but if you're, if you're going to hold anything overnight, like, you know, you don't know if there's news coming out or if there's earnings or if there's, you know, something bad's going to happen or if there's an offering, like that's all stuff that you 100% should know if you're swinging anything more than in the middle of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I got to commend you on that, Blake. Um, Cause I, I think some of your followers are going to watch this and the younger guys. And I just want to commend you on that you do take the time and effort to learn the companies you know you take a lot of advice you go outside and you find a lot of sources to get knowledge about yeah. investing right it's not just about buying the hottest company that's in the rumor like you're like you i mean you sent me that company like i don't know like last week or whatever it was like was it renewables or whatever and you're like looking into it right yeah yeah, yeah. even like uh it was january 5th and uh, it was that bus XF company, uh, their Canadian electrical bus company. 
Uh, their right, stock was at like four dollars a share in 2018, and it was a dollar eighty nine when I sent it to you, and it's it's starting to climb now. So like I, I I'll like look into a stock if I'm still if you bought it, but if it's good or not. Dave's kind of like my uh, teacher. Be like, can you look over my homework? Tell me what you think is good or not. <laughs> so. Yeah, but yeah. it's like when it's like a, it almost seems like a game sometimes because the money is just it's just a number on your phone or on your computer and you're putting that much of that number money into a stock and it doesn't feel like real life. But if I give you a stack of five thousand dollars like in bills, you're going to be more weary to say, OK, I'm going to put this in a company and hopefully it'll make money. You're not just going to put it in there blindly like you need to know a little bit if you're going to be able if you're going to be investing in that company. Right. I think that's that's a good point to bring up, too, is that I, I'm sure you could probably attest to this is, you know, it's not a good idea to start doing this if you only have, you know, a couple of bucks or like you're barely saving your rent. It's like, you know, you have your your only two thousand dollars in savings. You don't want to start trying to swing trade stuff. Right. No, because you're no. going to be way too emotionally attached to that money. You're not going to be able to handle those drawdowns. You know, you're going to no. be anytime it goes up, you know, one dollar, you're going to sell it immediately because you just want to take that you know, take that buck and get out of there. And that's a coffee tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, that's so a really, really, really important thing that everybody should understand. You shouldn't play with money. You're not prepared to lose. hundred yeah. percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and, that's uh, what I like tell all my friends too. Whenever they ask me about anything, like they're like, yeah, you know, I want to try and like do some day trading or like, do you think I should buy this or that? And like, I'll tell them and be like, you know, for me, like, yes, I like, yes or no, or whatever my opinion is. But, I was like, you got to realize, like, I'm only right maybe like 55 or 60 percent of the time. The only reason I don't lose is because I know how to cut my losses and let my winners go. But yeah. I'm also prepared to lose 100 percent of the money that I put into a trade every single time, because otherwise you you shouldn't be trading. I agree. Right. I should mention that. Uh, like, are you are you using a TFSA? Uh, yeah, Canadian and US, and then I ha I do have uh, RSP as well. Uh, Canadian and US that I just I put like a it, it was Square DraftKings uh, and one other one that I just got really good positions in like a really good entry point and uh, I'm just gonna let that kind of sit for a while probably. Yeah, I think we should mention that like um like those are really important tools to use if people. I I don't know about day trading but possibly for investing or maybe even swing trading like a TFSA is like a really really useful tool because it's tax free. Right, whatever exactly. earnings you make on it, it's tax free. Mm. Versus, 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 like, actually, Kayla, I, I want to ask you: um, when you're day trading, do you, do you calculate how many fees you pay by the end of the month from your trades? Do you know, like, like commission and stuff? Like, would you pay for commission and the borrowing, the shorts, short shares and stuff? Uh, no, I don't really pay attention to that because, like, on on interactive brokers, it, it shows you like directly. So, like, when I make a trade and it shows me my profit or loss, that's already including commission. Okay, so, so like, I was every, just... every day. Every day it shows me a dollar value, and that's already like that's already taken that into account. Quest Trade, I don't think does that because I know when I used to use Quest Trade to day trade, I'd have to do the math all the time and figure out how much I spent on commission. You know, let's say I made X amount of dollars, but I actually made this much, right? So that's why I didn't like it because Quest Trade, you know, it was, it was five dollars in, five dollars out. So if you you know if you look at some of the the trades that I make, I mean, I'll have like six or seven entries and six or seven exits in a few minutes, right? So like right there, you're you're talking about like 70, 80, 100 bucks, right? In commissions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I so, think that's important if anybody wants to get into trading that they should take a really close look at the fee structure, whether it's percentages, flat rate, really calculate. Like if you've only got a thousand bucks to play and it's 10 bucks a trade, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
especially when you're learning. I mean, like I always tell people, you know, if you're trying to learn, like try to make five bucks consistently and just aim for five bucks, like then, and don't lose any more than three. Right. And just once you can make five bucks every trade, then you go to 10 bucks and you go to 15. Like it's, you know, so if you're trying to make, you know, you got to make 20 bucks a trade right out of the gate. Like that's harder than it sounds for day trading. I know. So, so, but that's why I have, that's why I have quest trade for my swing trading though, is because interactive brokers has the lowest commission um, fees. It's like, it's a penny a stock. And then, but they have, they have like monthly inactivity fees. I don't know what it is. Cause I never, I'm never not happy <laughs> to cover them, but I think it's like 30 bucks or whatever it is. And then I have to pay for the real time data and everything. But on quest trade, you don't have to pay for any of that. So it's, it's $5 minimum per trade. So it's a little bit more, but there's no inactivity fee. So I cannot make a trade in that account for a year and it won't cost me any money. Whereas on other accounts, it'll be like, oh, if you don't make any trades, it costs you 25 bucks a month, right? Interesting. So it just, it just depends on like, you know, which, what you're what you're trying to do and like what kind of trading style you're doing. Because like all the brokers are basically the same. It's really just their pricing structure that's different. Right. And, um, uh, and you're using, so you, wait, how much is the, the data feed for, was it interactive brokers? It's like for what I, like for what I do for the listed stocks, I think it's yeah. like, box a month or something like it's okay, not that's not that's not too bad yeah like if you want like like because i only have listed stocks i don't have like otcs i don't have tfsx like i don't have any of that stuff on there right. like i don't have amex like just all the stuff that i know i never really play right so i want to plug um the the software i know you use it sometimes uh, blake i think you use it to trading view we use that charting yeah. software yeah are you using the free version or the paid me, me? uh blake yeah um, I just honestly, I just have the free version. It's it's enough, right? It comes with the. Yeah, Ken, you're using yeah. the free version too, right? Yeah, yeah it's a free <laughs> the only guy paying for it. <laughs> it's real time data, right? Like yeah. I don't get a million indicators or anything, but like I, I literally just use it on my phone if I'm like out and about and I just want to yeah. look and see what a stock's doing. It's easier than logging into my broker, and you know the the app on TradingView on the phone is better than either of my brokers, anyways. So. Oh yeah, it's a fantastic app. Like for those that don't know, it's a, it's what we use for trading. So you you could get a free free account. You can get uh, most of the stock data from the major account, uh, major uh, exchanges, but also OTC too. I think the list OTC as well. Over yeah, the counter, yeah. Time. I don't know if it's real time though. With like Nasdaq, TSX, whatever, you get the major major exchanges. You get the real data feeds and the price history for whatever stock you're looking at. And you can just there's a lot of great tools on there to draw with. You go. Uh, I introduce you to the Fib Retrace. You love that yeah. one. <laughs> that's made me a little bit of money yeah <laughs> remember the first time i saw you doing that i'm like i see you using these lines all the time I'm like what the hell do they mean and he just, said, he just like briefly showed me how to draw them in and i spent probably like 30 hours that week just laying them out over a million charts i had and i was like oh, okay these things could be helpful it's creepy it's creepy how uh, how it works eh? it's pretty accurate yeah it's pretty neat it's it, like it has its place for sure right um actually on the topic i want to i want to talk touch on um tesla before we move into anything else because we we like we were uh, sorry Caitlin, we were talking like last week about sizing in and out of positions like because i get messages pretty often from people saying oh i want to invest in tesla but is the price is too high like how do i size in and out right so from your perspective how would you do it like if you want to get into tesla well like without looking at the chart basically like anytime i size in or out of a position even if i'm doing a swing i always like 
if I find something that I think is really good, then usually what I'll do is I'll, I'll draw like some kind of a channel or, you know, if it's like a wedge or whatever kind of rough pattern it's in at the time, I'll usually put a chunk of what I want to put into it at that point when I'm like, if I'm talking swing trading or even investing, and then I'll wait for it to come down to the low end of the channel and then I'll put the full size on. And then usually what I'll do is I'll kind of like, as it goes through that, that channel or that wedge or whatever, I'll sell a little bit at the top and then I'll buy a little bit more on the bottom and just kind of keep working my way through that. And then once it, you know, hopefully breaks out to the upside, that's when I'll just kind of hang on and let it go as far as it wants to go. And then I'll sell it once it sort of settles up at a higher level. But, so, um, so for talking like, let's say it's trading view, are you looking at uh, the channel? Are you drawing the channel on the daily candles on the daily chart? Yeah. If I was going to swing trade something or like, like Tesla, for example, then that's what I would do. But um, like even, even intraday, like on day trading and stuff, I still use the same basic principle, like depending on the setup, there's, there's some setups I do where they just they move so quick as soon as they break a certain level, I'll just go full size in one shot. But then I'll still sell out at key levels. So like a couple of my long trades, like they they usually happen so quick that you gotta be like you gotta be right there and you know you gotta have a trigger finger like crazy fast and then get into the play, but I'll have overhead resistance levels and I'll sell, you know, a quarter of my position into each line. So I'm I'm sizing out still, right? Because I just don't like holding my whole position that long because then if it comes back down, it kind of makes you want to get out a little bit more but like for for sizing in i think it, it really just depends on what kind of investment you're doing like if you're planning on buying something for you know 10 years i would say you're probably pretty safe just to go in full size right out of the gate provided it's not something like tesla or bitcoin where it's had this monstrous run-up right like at that point i would say no i would say you know even if you want to hold it for 10 years maybe grab like a quarter of your size right now and then just let it, you know, it might still creep up, but it might, instead of doing this big parabolic move, it might kind of level out and then start creeping up and, you know, remake a little bit of a base and then you can go on full size. Right. So that's, that's the question of the hour. If we're talking about something par going parabolic, like, like Tesla, like, like, Blake, you have, you said, you said you still have some Tesla, right? Yeah. And you have like, uh, seven or eight shares, like not much. But do you still intend to size back in at some point, or is that it for you with that trade? Will, will I add more? Is that what you said, sorry? Yeah, are you, are you planning to size back in at any point, like waiting for a dip, and how big oh. of a dip? Like, what are you thinking? Yeah, so, like, I still want to be there because it could, like, with how everything's going right now, it could, it could hit a 1,000 by this week. Like, everything's crazy right now. So I don't want to miss that. I want to have a small position, but... If it drops, it's like whatever. It's no big deal. I'll just buy back in, bring down my average buy price, and and go from there. Because I'm not I'm not too stressed. Like that five thousand dollars or whatever isn't too too big. So it, I'm comfortable with that dropping if it does drop. But it still will give me a profit if it does rise. Obviously, like I would love to see it go up. But if it goes down, it's not gonna hurt my feelings. So let me let me pose this question though. What would you do if Tesla drop started dropping like like let's say it gaps. Uh, it gaps down 5% and then it drops another 15. So let's say in the course of a week, it drops 35 plus percent. Cause it's happened six times and it's 12 years. Yeah. I like how you know that just off the top of your head. Oh, <laughs> I've been with this thing since 2012, man. It's gone down six times, 35%, three times, 50%. I took all those rides up and down as an investor. Yeah. Like, like you said, like it, it, if it's a company, well, if it, it should be a company if you believe in, if you're going to hold it for whatever overnight, like Colin said, but it, it's, I would, I wouldn't try to panic sell or anything like that because 
I know in 15 years from now, it, I'll be laughing that I got stressed out that it dropped down $500 when it's, it's as high as it is. So that's like, if, if you're confident in your investment and the stock that you put your money into, then there should be no reason to stress because you know that you are confident in your decision and that it'll go to where you know it's going to go. So, yeah, that's a good point. So on the short term, though, we could talk about X Bank because that was um, when you when you, yeah when you talked when you told me about that company it was like twenty bucks a share. I remember I bought in around eighteen and I sold it at twenty one because it was at all time highs. I, I normally wouldn't yeah. have sold my entire position, but I sold because that was right around the election. I was like trying to hedge my bets. I'm like, shit, this thing could go south quick, quick. So let me let me start taking some money out of the markets. And then right after, like a week after I sold, it just started taking off from like 21 to 72. I know, yeah. And then here's the, like the, yeah, this is the I, important I, I part. Told... Sorry, go ahead. No, you go, you go, finish. Okay, so, so I was gonna say that this is the important thing I think that people shouldn't be chasing. Cause I, you know, I clearly, I FOMO'd a little bit cause it, it, it went from 21 where I sold to 72 and I'm watching this week after week, right? But I had enough experience and discipline to say this this thing will come back down, and came and I took the the fib retracement from the height of it. There was two days it hit its top, and then the two 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 following days it closed lower. So I'm like, all right, this is probably the top. So I drew the fib retrace, and I had thirty eight thirty eight dollars, thirty nine dollars was white the the six one eight level, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put some buy orders here, and I waited exactly three weeks for that for that to hit. I think I posted about that. And you yeah, saw it, like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember when I, I, got my, I got my shares 30 cents lower than you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So I think you that's what like 39 bucks. I was in a 38.70 or whatever it was. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm saying like, that's a pretty important lesson. Like for, so like a lot of people now are like posting saying that they're making a ton of cash, whatever. Yeah. This is a bull market. You could sell buy in, you could still probably go up, but try setting trading a sideways market or try setting uh, trading a, a bear market. Right. And so like the importance of being patient and not chasing, like not getting caught in something is like is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a really big point to make, especially in this last year. I mean, you know, it's, it's really hard, especially for someone who's new at it to, you know, look at the news and see these articles like, oh, so-and-so, you know, high school kid or college kid just put 5,000 bucks in their, you know, Robinhood account and they've made a million dollars through 2020, right? <laughs> like, I mean, that's fine, you know, good for them. But like the reality is that the market that we had over the last year, if you just look at the S&P or the Dow Jones, is completely incredible, like upstream for the whole year, right? So everything follows those to a certain degree, like even in small caps, like the stocks I play, there's so much strength behind everything that you, you really have to realize and, and reset. Like when we, when we start going back into a sideways market or potentially a bear market, if there's a recession or whatever happens, you have to realize that a lot of those stocks that start to go up, there's going to be way more false breakouts. There's going to be way more short selling. There's going to be, you know, things just aren't going to move the way that they used to move. And that's, that's when that's when risk management and you know knowing your own setups and all that kind of stuff really comes into play because as long as you have a really good system that works for you then basically all it comes down to is you're, you're just downsizing what you're expecting to make on that system that you already know works because any any system will in theory work in any type of market it's really just the amount of profits you're going to make are going to go down if it's a if it's a bear market or you know whatever that's that's kind of the the bottom line of it is you just you have to kind of re reset your outlook, but the, the patterns and the trends will always stay the same. I have to point out something that's really funny about 2020. Like you, you got in on like 
the probably the most awesome time I've ever seen. Cause like nine years I've been investing. I've never seen a market like this, like the, the way the stocks move. So you're like, your timing is amazing. But I wanted to point out something I read the other day was that like all the traditional OG investors um, have either lost money or, or barely eked out a profit this year, this in 2020. And they can't even beat like David Iherns green, 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 whatever, green, like capital. They did 5% this year. Whereas the S and P did like fifteen percent, so if they had they had just bought a freaking index, they would have, you know, killed it, right? But so like this, this I wanted to point out that this market is very unusual, and it's freaking out a lot of people that supposedly know what they're doing, and the Robinhood guys are like fucking buying naked options and just making tens of thousands of dollars, and it's pissing me off. Yeah, that's the other thing that we've never really seen before, too, is right. Like, there's there's so many people that are working from home, like you know, Blake yourself included. There's like thousands, hundreds of thousands potentially of people that have never been able to trade and they're doing exactly what you're doing where they're saying, okay, well, I'm home. I might as well try and make some money. And then they all get in these stocks and that artificially pushes things to the moon, right? So as soon as a lot of those people start going back to work, there's going to be a lot less buying pressure. And it's just like, it's it's just a really unprecedented year. But like I said, I mean, as long as you have a system, like as long as you're confident in your system, you have set risk, like you're making money, then there's no reason you can't keep making money. You just have to be constantly analyzing the markets like you know david and myself always do we're always changing our opinion and we're always every single day i'm on my computer making sure that what i'm doing now is still working <laughs> because sometimes patterns just stop working and then you got to look for something else right so i actually read another funny statistic uh saying that the month of december had more options trading than any previous month in history yeah i and saw that, that too i think that, it was, 2020 was like what was it? It was like, I can't remember the numbers. It was something like there's usually like, I want to say like half a million or so trades in a month or whatever it was. And it was something like there was like two and a half million averaging or like whatever the statistic was, it was like three or four times the average for all of 2020 in options. Yeah. And I think it's, I, I think it's a he heavily influenced by YouTubers. We were talking about that earlier, Blake, like the YouTubers saying, they made X amount of money because a lot of them are not doing it buying actual equities. They're just basically placing bets on call or put options. Well, mostly call options. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do, you get, do, you get, do you guys ever get that ad where the guy who's like, stock trading is dead. All the top <laughs> guys are trading options now. <laughs> I, I can't stand it. So do, you guys think, do you guys think that because everyone like you guys said that this year is like none other. I haven't experienced anything else. So I read about it and I've like done my research to try to prepare myself to see what could happen. Um, like when things crashed 2008 or whatever. Um, but do you guys think that this is kind of going to change the future of the way the stock market goes because of how much more interest is in here? Like with all the, the meme stuff, like GameStop has gone up 200% this week or something. It doesn't even make sense. So obviously like that's not sustainable, but do you think that there's, that statistic you just said between half a million uh, to 2.5 million trades a month. Do you think this will some, to some extent continue going into the future or do you think it's going to die back down? Do you want to touch on that first, David? And then I'll. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I definitely think the trading volume will, and the, this price action can't, it can't be sustained. Where's the money going to come from, right? Like soon as stimulus is done, soon as debts need to be repaid, uh, evictions, you know, mortgages, all the moratoriums are done. There's, I think there's going to be a, a vacuum of debt, and that vacuum is going to suck some money out of the market. But um, but touching on if this it might change something in the future, actually, Caitlin, we were talking about this the other day. We're just uh, looking at it as a positive, actually. 
One thing that I, I noticed uh, that I was reading about was that um, in 2018, quants, so they're the trading firms that use algorithms uh, to trade. 2018 was the worst year ever for quants, and a lot of them actually had to shut down their businesses because the market started to change around that time that their algorithms no longer worked. And from what I'm seeing today, my theory is that it's because of uh, companies like Robinhood and whatnot um, offering zero fees for trading. And so there's more retail investors trading now. And a lot of the retail investors are kind of screwing up the uh, the, the algorithms now because a lot of them are going to do something that's like rational, like chasing, right? The algorithm is like, you're not supposed to do that. And people are like, fuck it, I'll buy it at the top. Let's see what happens. You know what I mean? It's just screwing them up. So I think, I think things are coming full swing where it used to be that only sophisticated people were trading. And then so it's a little bit more predictable and the quants were winning. And then now uh, there's more retail, a lot more retail money in the market. And it's kind of changing the dynamic where reading emotion now is going to be more important than patterns. Um, that's my, that's my thing. Kaylin. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with like most of what you're saying. I, I don't, I'm still not convinced there's going to be like some catastrophic pullback recession just because I mean, you know, it's like I've always said, like, you know, the, the market, the indexes, those really reign supreme over everything. Like no matter what people are saying, no matter what, you know, analysts are saying until the market shows you that it's going into a recession, there's no real reason to like think that you're going into a recession. So, you know, to what level that is, is kind of up in the air. But I think your point on just like just the fact that there's so many people that are trading from home now and so many people are getting into this. I, I think like I mean. What I think is probably going to happen, to be honest, is I think so many of those people are getting the wrong habits and just buying everything and expecting it to go up and making a lot of money. It's true, right? Like, I mean, if, if, you know, you got to think if you've, if you've done something for a year and you've made money at it consistently and then all of a sudden the markets take a turn, you're just going to keep trying to do that. And if you're not if you're not smart enough or, you know, dedicated enough like Blake is to take the time to do your research then all you're going to keep doing is the same thing and you're going to get frustrated and wonder why you're not making money and you're going to keep losing money. Like people might take out loans to try and make more. And it's just like, that's just going to drop right off to nothing. So I think there's probably realistically one of two things that are going to happen. It'll either be like what David was saying, where you're going to have all these people that are trading more often now, maybe a lot more people are going to be working from home and be, be able to day trade, which is great for me because that just means more plays. <laughs> I mean, like even recently, I remember, like I think it was like two days ago, I was telling David, I showed him a picture. I wrote in my phone specific setups for me to play at specific times a day because there was just like, there's just an insane amount of plays happening. Like, you know, I wake up in the morning and I got, I got 15, 20 stocks on my watch list. Like six months ago, I'd have, maybe five or six, right? So like I'm sitting there and I got this huge list and I'm like, I'm trying to play everything because I don't want to miss out on the big move and I start like fumbling over myself and making mistakes. So like I wrote a thing in my phone that says, you know, between this time and this time, only play this pattern, you know, between this time and this time, only look for this pattern because I had to kind of reset myself, right? But so it's, it's crazy right now, but I don't know if it's going to continue or if everybody's just going to lose all their money that are these new retail <laughs> And, and just you know say screw it and not never trade again it'll go back to normal right it's hard to tell yeah i think um i think there's a good chance that some money's going i'm not calling for a recession but I, I do think a little bit of a correction a little bit of a pullback is yeah. eminent it's eminent the the market's way too rich for where the economy is so because like for the last few years um because of my investing i started learning a lot from macro investors guys like guys like ray dalio and Howard Marks and these guys don't trade 
specifically assets. They'll go they'll go wherever they think is growing. So they'll trade bonds, they'll trade a assets, they'll trade uh, forex. They'll put where money wherever they think it will be safe. So if they see you know that the uh, economy of the West is not doing well, they'll put money into Asia. Like they'll just so they look at the big picture. So I'm always trying to look at the big picture where everything's going, and then try to decide you know how I should trade. And so like yeah, I don't think a recession is coming, but I do still have like I tell like all all the time like keep some cash on the side. It's like bullets in a gun. You, the yeah. guns are freaking useless without some bullets, right? So it's just same thing with opportunities. If you if you don't have the cash on the side and you see a great pullback, you're like shit. Yeah, I know. I like David. You and I have talked about that. I think I think both of us are in like what seventy percent cash or something right now. Like I know I got like I have. I think I only have maybe like maybe a third of my available money in stocks right now, like in investments. Actually, I'm now I think maybe just twenty percent in cash now because I started buying in some of the um, the Bitcoin related stocks, some of the funds. Okay. Because because yeah, yeah. um, we uh, the TSX just um, back in Je December approved the first uh, uh, ETF for Bitcoin. And so I was like, well, if I can get some Bitcoin exposure with my TFSA and my RSP, like, why not? Because I know this thing's going to, it's a high probability it's going to go up this year. And so, um, and I looked at the, and I looked at the premiums. You're basically paying a 10% premium versus what you would pay if you bought the actual asset. But to be able to hold it in a TFSA, that's actually pretty good pretty good premium to pay. So I'm like, so yeah, because, because of Bitcoin, I'm 20% I'm in cash now. <laughs> you have a problem. <laughs> Sorry, if Bitcoin and Tesla just disappeared, you wouldn't even know what to do with yourself anymore. <laughs> Blake, you sent me that awesome meme a while ago. What was it? The, um, it was like, it was the old man sitting on a rock and he's talking to kids and he's like, kids, I retired off, uh, one, like one share of Tesla. <laughs> Yeah, half a Bitcoin. Yeah, I retired off one share of Tesla and half a Bitcoin. <laughs> that's that's going to be me. Like, are you looking into Bitcoin at all or no? Uh, I So I did a little bit, but like I said, like it was just the fees were a little bit high for me not really knowing much about what I'm doing yet on it. Um, so like I, I had like $1,000 in it. I mean, whatever, I made like 20 bucks, but I just like... I put my money into, uh, I have some in Mogo and Galaxy, um, so right. stocks that are, and I, I even have a little bit in Riot on a little pullback, um, uh, just like stocks that kind of mimic what Bitcoin is doing at the time, um, just because I, I, I can look into those companies a little bit more and learn about it. I'm still learning about Bitcoin, uh, what exactly, like everything that goes into it and just like, I don't have enough knowledge yet to be confident to put my enough of or a, a large chunk of my money into it already you know what i mean because i don't know like like kind of like what i said earlier like if you aren't if i'm keeping that overnight i'm keeping that for a long time i want to know what exactly i'm putting my money into and although i hear like so much hype about it oh it's bitcoin's gonna be two hundred thousand and end of 2021 all this kind of stuff it's like i still want to do a little bit more research before i start heavily investing my money into that yeah, that's really good to hear. <laughs> no, that's that's really so, important. So many people get so trapped in the hype, man. It's like it's that's yeah. that's such a key thing is that you know you you, you just touched on it. You just got it. you got to know what you're buying if you're going to hold something long term. Like yeah. no matter what anyone says, you know David, I know knows everything about it, but he's he's you know you're still not willing to buy it unless you do your own research because you know if if it has a ten percent pullback or a twenty percent pullback and you're only in it because somebody else has told you to do it, then you're going to be nervous. But if you, yeah. if you know, and you've done your own research, you're going to say, Oh, I'm not worried about that because I know this, this and this. Right. 
So, so this is a lesson yeah. for the kids. Bitcoin like did like a twenty, whatever, fifteen, twenty percent drop just yesterday, just Friday, or whatever, and it was off one really flawed news news article that said there was a problem with the blockchain. But because I actually know how the blockchain worked, I'm like, what the hell? So I bought the dip. I made, uh, it was a quick day trade on the futures. I made five hundred bucks in a day because I'm like, this, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, all hype. like. One of the one thing that I've seen a lot, like because I have like a somewhat amount of followers, um, I get a lot of messages about this whenever I post a trade. Oh, how do I do this? I want to make money, blah blah. So I've had some people that have that I've said like, hey, this is what you do to start. This is how you open your account, blah blah blah. Make a watch list, start looking to stocks, figure out what you want to do, investment, swing, day trade, whatever it is. But one thing that I like sort of frustrates me is this is what they say. My buddy said, Neo, this, and GameStop are hot right now. I'm going to put my money into that. I'm like, this is not what you want to do. You don't listen to your buddy that said, this is the stocks that are hot right now. Chances are those are the ones you want to stay away from because there's going to be a big correction with it soon. And it just like, oh, it makes me laugh. Right Neo, Neo is, Neo and all, like GameStop right now, it's, it's all the meme stocks. And that's what everyone says. My buddy said that this stock is hot right now. And it's just like, it, it I still don't know much about what I'm like doing, but I've learned a lot this year and I've already learned that like you don't want to chase runs. So if like even GameStop, I was watching it on Friday. It went up 72% at the most. I'm watching it. I'm like, I'm just going to buy in, make a few bucks and stop. I'm like, I'm just going to buy in. I didn't end up buying in, but it's just like, I, I don't know anything. GameStop is like, I don't know anything about them, about their fundamentals, about their earnings, anything like that. So I didn't want to put money in, but it's just like, don't follow what everyone else is doing, trying to do your own thing. I think, uh, I don't know which one of you it was. I think it was Dave's video on the Instagram page. And it was like, if I'm going to, if someone's going to lose my money, it's going to be me. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. That's exactly it. Like if I'm putting my money into something, if I'm going to be the idiot that's going to lose it all, then fine. That's on me. But I'm not, not because I listen to my buddy Joe that says this stock is hot right now. Yeah, because it's like twice as bad. It's like if you put your money at risk only because you listen to somebody else and they were wrong. Like you weren't even, you know what I mean? Like it just sucks even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. That's good. So you yeah, know what's funny? You two should talk because – uh, Blake, you could tell Kaylin what whatever is hot, and Kaylin, you could just short that. <laughs> I posted my watch list on our on our Instagram story on Friday, and I got a few people messaging and saying like, "Oh, I'm long these stocks." <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't even. I honestly don't even know what these companies do. I don't care. That's not that's not what I do. Everyone's like freaking out. You know, I just but had a funny thought. It's like like when like you know Blake saying like GME. I remember. I was watching that all day on Friday because I actually had on my list in the morning for a short. Then the pattern actually set up yeah. perfectly. And the only reason I didn't play it is because I was playing a different stock at the same time. But that would have been the same thing. You know, I would have been in and out in 10 minutes. And then those 70% run up would have been irrelevant to me, right? But like people got to realize too, like, you know, I remember a couple, uh, a couple of guys I know, like when Moderna had their vaccine announcement and it went through the roof, you know, the, every day, like, oh, it's, you know, it's this much. And then it's gone up another 20%. It's gone up another 20%. They're like, oh, maybe I should buy. I'm, I'm sitting there and telling them like any stock that you see move that quick in the upward direction is going to have a massive red day. Like it's got to come back down because there's no support. All the guys like me are just going to be waiting to pile on and short it. 
and it's it's gonna happen inevitably the same thing's gonna happen with gme like whenever it sets up it's gonna have a huge red day and it's gonna be a awesome short hopefully i can get <laughs> i feel like we're, we're because of how fast communication works now with whatsapp and all the platforms i feel like we're actually living in an era where there's like mass pump and dumps mm -hmm. right there's a lot of there's a lot of guys out there too like i don't i don't want to name names but like there's a lot of chat rooms out there that the 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 guys that run the chat rooms will pump stocks to make money and short it so like the way it works it's it's really unfortunate for the members is you know they'll find really really low flow really low volume stocks that they know you know with their two or three thousand members if they get everybody buying into this stock it's going to give it enough volume to push it up and then they'll let the guys push it up and then they'll short it at the top and make all that money on the way down and all their members lose all their money right like it's it's something that happens i don't want to say quite frequently but there is you know there's definitely yeah, a handful yeah. of chat rooms that i know of that do that and it's it's you know it's really bad but that's how the guys that run the chat rooms make their money is just basically by you know screwing every single one of their members who's also paying them a monthly membership that's ridiculous so, yeah but it happens i mean like that's that's why it's you know like i always say you, you got to do your own research and you got to know what you're doing because if you're just listening to someone else i mean you, they might just be trying to take your money unfortunately it's, it's like there's scams all over the world it's no different in the stock market i think so that's the one of the most important things like it's fine if you go online and you see some guy's video that says oh bitcoin is going to go to 250k like if that interests you fine but now find out why it could or would go to 250k don't just be like oh it's going there like i'm gonna buy it like that's ridiculous right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i got a question for you blake um if you were starting out now or even now if what, what would be a useful resource like if we put out a pdf that had like basic trading terminology like what's a stop stop limit limit order how to read candlesticks chart patterns would they would that be useful absolutely like i still i'm still like even when i'm so i say i'm buying a stock that i'm just looking at doing a day trade with i still like sometimes do i click stop market or stop order like it's like which one am i clicking so even though like i've only been doing this for what nine months now but i still don't know fully what the terminology is and i've watched videos and like googled it but there's not really honestly like the the td one isn't bad but there's not really too too much solid info out there even just on the basics like that so i think that something like that would be really valuable valuable yeah because i was thinking maybe kaylin and i should put something like that together just really you know with how to read a candlestick basic traditional chart patterns the limit orders maybe some terminology yeah yeah, yeah i could touch on that maybe in our next podcast or whatever just kind of go over like some really basic stuff like you know what to look for mm -hmm. right Legs, you know how things work and stuff mm -hmm. like that. i think we touched on it a little bit but like maybe we'll get in a little bit more detail on that yeah even if you do like a quick like you could start doing quick videos like that on your page of like anywhere from two to ten minutes maybe of how to read a candlestick stuff like that because those are the ones that it's like that's what i'm youtubing if i'm youtubing something you know what i mean i'm not youtubing why is neo going to 70 dollars it's it's how to do the fundamental stuff like that. Um, I just need to have a big green candle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, that's good. That's good to know. Um, yeah, I know even my buddy, like, uh, what was it, on Friday or something like that, he just he decided he wanted to open an account, so he just opened a Quest Trade account, and he was trying to buy a stock, and he sent me a screenshot of it. He's just like, 
he's like, I'm trying to buy this, but it won't let me. What am I doing wrong? He's like, so I had to tell him like, you know, to click limit and click the, you know, click the bid and whatever. And so, yeah, that's probably a good thing to touch on. Okay, so maybe we should think about doing those, but anything else you could think of, Blake? For, for anybody that's getting in, because from, because I think me and Kevin are so deep into it now, like we can't even think backwards on what could be useful, like health, you know? Yeah. Well, the question I get is, how do I start? So you can literally put that as a YouTube video, the title, how do I start trading? And just whatever that means to you is kind of go off that. It could be like how to open your account, how to create a watch list, all that kind of stuff. It could be, so it could be all the steps. You can make different videos for each things, how to open an account, what to look for. So the fees, that kind of stuff, um, all of that you could go for how to create a watch list, what stocks you want to put on a watch list, how to organize it, what each thing on a watch list means. I sent a screenshot of my watch list to someone today. Oh God, this looks overwhelming. I don't know what any of these numbers mean. The number in the box is the price right now. The green or red number is the post market, what it's at right now, up or down. Uh, and then the percent is what it's gone up or down in the day. Uh, the acronym is what you type in, the ticker, and then the word underneath is the name of the company. So there's like so many little things. And like, I didn't really, I still don't know anything, but nine months, like, it's like that little stuff is kind of like automatic to me. But when I'm explaining to someone else, I really, really need to dumb it down as much as I can for people to understand it. Um, because it is, it is a lot more complex. And I remember a year ago, even like when I was in high school in grade 12, I had a friend named Chris. Oh, I put all my money in weed stocks. I'm up 50 grand this year. And like, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like that was when weed had its big boom or cannabis rather. And uh, I had no clue what that even meant. And it was so foreign to me. But looking back now, I wish I started looking, reading into it then. Um, I'm glad I am now. It's better to get in it sooner than later. But there's so many little things that I, I could even write down like what questions I get and like how how much to break it down. And you guys can make videos on that because I don't know anything. I would just tell people like what I've learned, the basics about like how to start, create a watch list, how to buy, what each word means basically. But you guys know so much more than me. So it could be a lot more valuable with your guys' knowledge putting videos out there. Sorry, I just got a phone call. So actually I like yeah. that. Yeah, I think that'd be a really good idea. Just, you know, like a lot of people just want to know how to get started basically and know how to buy, like how do you buy a stock, right? Like, cause we're still trying to, you know, we're still trying to figure out like exactly who our viewers are, right? Like we don't know what level they're at. So until we, until we get a lot of that information out there and see kind of, you know, what people want to see more of, then I think we'll have to kind of, kind of touch on everything a lot. That's another question that I get is if you could send me a video of how to start, could you send it to me? Could you send me a video of what I do to start trading? Like that, that those are the questions I get all the time. I get like dozens a day about that. So okay. it's just like people, a lot of people my age, that's primarily what my following is, anywhere from like, say like 15, 16, 17, up to like mid 30s. That's what my, the major, majority of my followers are. Um, none of them have any clue. I didn't have any clue. It's just like, if I didn't have Dave, I would definitely not be anywhere near where I am right now. Not, not even close. And uh, it's like, I'm very thankful for that. But you guys can make those YouTube videos so that everyone can have a piece of Kaylin and Dave. <laughs> Kaylin, question. Um, on Does either Quest Trade or uh, IB have like uh, one of those, was it practice accounts? Yep, they both do. Yeah. I think um, we yeah. could do a series of yeah. videos with those just to kind of show off the 
functions or whatever. Yeah, yeah paper trading is great. Like yeah. it's for people that don't know, like like most most brokers, like interactive brokers and Quest Trade, like you have to open an actual real money account. But once you open that, you can log into a paper trading account and you can you can load it with as much money as you want, like up to like a million dollars or something like that. And it's it's all the same. So it, it, don't, don't get too excited. But, but it, like you can set it up identical to your to your real account, so you can you can trade in real time. You can make all the right orders. You know you can learn how to do it. And like I've always had mixed feelings on paper trading because. Like I, I, I did that at the very beginning. I paper traded first and I was making money. And as soon as I started using real money, I was losing because it's totally different when it's your actual money on the line. Right. But like even now, I mean, like even even this week, I was paper trading a couple stocks because there's a few new patterns that I'm looking at. And, you know, now I'm at the point where I know how I play and I know how much money I use in, in trades. So I can, you know, I can do my normal trades in the morning or whatever. And I can open my my paper trading account on a on a different account. Like I can have interactive brokers trading real money and Quest Trade open trading um, paper trading at the same time. And if there's something that I'm kind of interested in or something I've been tracking, I'll paper trade it and make sure it works. And then once I know it works, I'll hop back over to my real money. Interesting. So it's a really like I think it's I think I think once you've traded with real money, it becomes a lot more useful. But it can be a little bit over. Uh, over exciting when it's not like when you've never traded before because you know like I remember when I started I would just buy something and like it would go down like 50% and then like two weeks later it would be back up 3% I'd sell it and be like oh yeah I know what I'm doing I know how to make money right <laughs> yeah well, I think I think we were talking to Sam about how off, off camera uh, last week um, how he could get started we're like if you're going to trade at least put if you're going to if you really want to learn paper trade is great to learn the functions but if you really want to trade like Put some money in it because it changes the dynamic completely right once you have some skin in the game then suddenly emotions comes into play yeah right especially if you're trading like a few times a day like one of the biggest things i noticed is like you know if i'm paper trading and you know i i make three or four trades and i'm down you know say five or six hundred bucks and then like at the end of the day i'll still risk just as big and maybe i'll make it all back right or maybe i'll break even or whatever but in my real money account if i'm down that much on the day like I'm not going to, that might be my max loss or like maybe, you know, I'm probably going to lower my size way, way down because I don't want to risk losing even more money on the same day. Right. So it, it, it changes the dynamic, but it's definitely yeah. a helpful tool, especially if you're learning just to learn the functions and learn how to buy and sell, learn how stops work, like all that kind of stuff is really handy. Yeah. I think I was talking to Blake a few weeks ago about um, how you need to get a little scarred. You need to feel some ups and downs and just after a while, just kind of be, get scarred and get used to it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, like, yeah. yeah so, you... my... was that Blake? Oh, oh, go ahead. So, my friend, um, he did it. He, I think it was an option on Palantir, and uh, that day he lost twenty five hundred dollars American, or like just under three grand. Um, and just like on the day, like it, it ended, money was gone. And now, like, when me and him talk, and it stops, like going down or whatever he's like honestly ever since that day i'm just like <laughs> immune to feeling the pain of a stock going down uh so it's like nothing even phases him at all anymore it's so funny i'll be like kind of upset that like whatever we because sometimes we like buy stuff together we're like hey we're confident let's go and uh i'm like dude it's going down this isn't a good call blah blah, blah. and he's like honestly man it doesn't matter it'll work out because he's just like i'm numb to any feeling of that anymore so does he just like lose all his money on that trade then? 
No, he's like because I'm the complete opposite. Like I, I've been burned to the point where I never want to feel that again. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's his home beers. He's a machine. Yeah, <laughs> I would feel the same. Like I feel very. Ever since I've been down that much money on Palantir and Tesla, I'm a lot more weary to put my money in something that I'm not confident in. But he's just like <laughs> immune to it now. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I've always, I've always like, I had like, I had you know one or two big losses, and yeah. ever since then, that just totally changed the game for me. That's so funny. Yeah, I remember like the, the the first big loss I ever had. I was telling David this on one of the other episodes was like I w- like when I first started trading, I didn't even know anybody that traded. I didn't even like I didn't even know what like really if I could watch charts in real time or anything. So yeah, yeah. the way I was trading was on my phone. I had a Quest Trade account and I would literally just like yeah. scroll through seeking alpha, look for news articles, and yeah. if I saw a news article, yeah. I would just open the stock, no chart, it would just yeah. show me the bid and ask price. And I'd say, oh, yeah. it's up, you know, 20% pre-market. I'm just going to buy this at the open because it's obviously good news. And then I would just, you know, buy shares, <laughs> like no risk, like no potential profit, like nothing and just hope for the best. Wow. And I remember it was like, it was way back. I didn't have a lot of money in the bank or anything. And I lost like 300 bucks US in maybe 10 seconds. And ever since then, I was just like, you know, it wasn't even my biggest loss. But ever since then, I was just like, okay, I got to, I got to you know, set some parameters, make sure I don't lose money. Was that with options? No, that was the other one that I just, I am holding my grudge against options for. <laughs> yeah, by the way, Blake, Blake, if you were like the typical guy that got in at 2020 traded options, you would not be on this podcast. We, we have a no options traders policy here. No Fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah, long story short, like I was at the beginning of the year when like we were working from home too. And I was at the cottage and I was like, you know, I was working from home, trading, like day trading, like normal. And, I was like, yeah, I got some time on my hands. Like, let's try and learn options. Like, they're pretty volatile. They move pretty big. Maybe I make some money. And so I ended up, I ended up buying one option. I was just like, but you know, like they're contracts, right? So one option is if it's ten dollars, it's a thousand dollars, right? So I yeah, bought, yeah, yeah. I bought one option contract. It was like four dollars and fifty cents. And I was like, oh, okay, this is go. Like, you know, this will be fine. I'm just gonna like swing this overnight because the pattern looks pretty good. And then woke up the next morning, it was worth like a dollar fifty. It's like so I sold it. I lost like three hundred dollars. I was like, you know what? This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Trading <laughs> options again, and then these stupid little charts with these little dots. Like, so yeah, that just I just didn't want anything to do with them after that. <laughs> yeah, because I was during the first quarantine, I really wanted to get into options because it was just like I thought let's let's expand, and I was getting deep into learning it. And what I learned is that options traders, a lot of them have strategies that really don't care where the market goes. They use something like an iron condor, like a strangle to buy both sides kind of. And as long as you're trading within that range, they can make some money and all they're calculating is the decay of the contract, like the value and the volatility over time. And, um, and that's how they make money. But where I think people are going wrong now is because people are treating options as like a roulette table. You bet on red, you bet on black. And because the market's only giving you red, (laughs) they're not losing yet. Right. Yeah, I know. And that's like the yeah. problem. I just saw yesterday the news were saying that uh, options uh, volatility, the uh, implied volatility is at, at its high. So implied volatility is the premium you pay on the on the contract, right? And it's at an all-time high. That means if you're betting on Tesla to be over, uh, I don't know, like a thousand bucks, you're buying a call option for for next month for Tesla to be over a thousand bucks. They're probably charging you fifty bucks for that option. So Tesla's got to do a, over ten thousand five hundred or ten thousand fifty for you to make any money off that contract, right? right. If it makes a dollar less, you you lose, 
right? If it expires out of the money, you lose. So it's like, how can these people keep it up for, right? Yeah, I know. Like, I don't, I don't want to say the safer way, but I guess like, yeah, not even, not even an easier way. But like, if you, if you selling options, then you, the only yes. benefit to that is you have time decay in your advantage, right? So if yes. you get a stock that's kind of moving like you know relatively sideways or it's not moving too much, and you you sell a call or a put, which you know you're basically expecting it to go in the opposite direction because you're shorting it essentially, then time decay works in your advantage. Whereas if you're if you're buying options, you're fighting time decay. So every single day you're losing money unless that stock's going in your direction and it has to go in your direction by a certain percentage as well. Yeah. Otherwise you're still not making money either. But obviously then you're shorting an option, which is incredibly volatile and that could blow you up in a matter of days. Well, see, this is the other thing that's kind of dangerous with um, platforms like Robinhood. They're letting people uh, sell naked options, which means, so what that means is, so when you're selling an option, you should have, you should already own the underlying asset because the way the options work is it's supposed to be an insurance mechanism, right? If I have a hundred thousand dollars worth of Tesla at that level, I don't really want to sell my position anymore. But if I look at the charts, I'm thinking that the market's going to go down. I'll sell some call options because if the call option expires out of the money or, or the price goes down, I make money off the premium. Right. So, and I never had to sell the asset. Right. So that's what I would do. But people are, but these platforms are letting people sell, uh, sell sh um, naked options. So, which means if the contract expires, you have to pay up now. You don't have to mm. buy the shares to make up the difference because they're still, yeah. an, they're still, they're contracts. Right. And so that's what's really screwing up the market, too. Right. It's yeah, really dangerous. Like don't realize that because, you know, if you're looking at, you know, Microsoft or something like that or Tesla, where it's, you know, what is it, seven or 800 bucks a share or yeah. whatever. One contract is a hundred shares. Yes. So, like you know, if if you got if you if you bought two or three contracts that cost you you know three thousand bucks, and you you have to execute that order, then you gotta you know you gotta spend twenty thousand dollars to buy all those shares. Uh, at today's prices, it's like a six figure six figure transaction. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's 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 really I don't know. Wow. It's not for me. I mean, I know I know how the guys do it. They basically like it's David said they hedge their position like. You know, they'll, they'll, I know a lot, like one of the things I was reading about is, you know, basically channeling around earnings. So they'll, 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 they'll do call options and put options. And basically, as long as the stock moves outside of this range, they'll make money. Right. So there is ways that, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different way of, of trading really. It, it's all mathematical because the way they do that is they'll, they'll sell a call to fund their, their buying of the, uh, of a put. Right. So that's right. all they're funny. So they're not putting their money up front. Right. But what happens when it moves outside of that parameter? Then it's like, holy shit, you owe a ton of money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the danger is uh, even some like some traders that trade like currencies and stuff like that. They'll they'll do that in a different regard too. like, you know, they'll, there's guys that they know all the different world currency markets. So they might know that, you know, the the Japanese yen and the British pound or whatever kind of work opposite to each other. So whenever the British pound goes up, they know the yen's going to go down, but they don't know which one's going to move further. So they'll they'll buy and short the same amount of each one, and then if you know if the if the British pound goes ten percent and the yen goes five percent, they still make five percent overall. So like there's 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 different ways to to do that same kind of idea in just regular stock trading, but it's like you got to know a lot about economics and everything, which is not my area of expertise. I don't even know company names. <laughs> so so we so apparently we know enough about it to stay the hell out because it's just it's wrong yeah. i mean it just doesn't i mean it doesn't right i mean if it interests you and you like it then you know all the power to you but it's not for me
There are a few, there are very few options traders, independent option traders out there that make money. I think a lot of them are working for a firm and they're playing with the firm's money. And, um, and one of the things the firms do, which is smart, is that they'll give you a, like a daily loss limit. If you hit your limit, you are out. Go take, take a break, take the day off, you're done. Because they don't want people trading on emotion, right? In poker, it's yeah. going full tilt, right? So I think you can that's actually, really- You can actually set those in accounts, too. Like, I have a mental daily <laughs> loss limit, but, like, you, you can set that. Like in, in your, like, in your trading account, you can say, like, I don't want to lose any more than 1000 bucks a day. And if you've made a few trades and like your position's going against you, as soon as you hit a thousand dollar loss, it'll just close your position. So you, you can you can set that in your brokers for like day trading and stuff like that. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. We can't do that for TD, can we, uh, Blake? I haven't seen it. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> TD's more basic, like just like yeah. it, the layout is super user friendly. It's just like there's nothing there. It's like buy, sell, that's it. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, I think we're coming to the end of this podcast. Um, if you could leave, because we're, we're hoping to get some of your followers to view this episode and hopefully avoid some mistakes and, and take some information away. If you could give your followers some inf- advice, what, what would it be? Um, don't listen to what everyone else is saying. Like, don't listen to the, obviously, like, yesterday was kind of crazy. Like, there's a few crazy but don't listen to what the hype stocks are look into the companies or like learn how to do charge stuff like that and i probably say the biggest thing is if you're putting your money in you need to be prepared to lose it and obviously like you're not going to lose all your money like one person said oh my uncle said that he lost all of his money doing stocks and i'm like like you don't lose you don't lose a hundred percent like there's very few times I think where you're going to put in $10,000 and you're going to lose every penny. That stock is going to drop to zero. Um, but you do need to be comfortable that that could happen, I guess. So uh, get comfortable with it and just do it. Like that, that's how you learn at the end of the day. It's like, I, I can only explain to someone that's like messaging me about it so much. At some point you just need to put your money in and try. And that that's, that's what I did. Like they taught me as much as I could, but until I actually started doing it myself, that's it. So if you want to use the simulated one, sure, great. But it, even like Kaylin said, it's not the same as when you're actually using your own money because you can have a million dollars in that simulated one, but until you put your own five thousand dollars that you've saved up, you work so hard for into an account and you start trading it, the emotion and everything is not the same. So. Out of everything that you can say, eventually you just need to do it. You just need to try because that's how you learn about it. And you're going to take some hits and you're going to lose some money probably. But at the end of the day, it will benefit you long term because this is honestly life changing. And it's like nothing else in this world, honestly, in my opinion, for making money. Maybe like flipping houses, real estate, something like that. But this is just like an exception. This is so much more than a regular job, so much more than any salary th- position you could get. This is something that will set you up for the rest of your life. And uh, yeah, it is scary. You can make mistakes. You will lose, blah, 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 but you just need to do it. So, Kaylin, okay, you got anything you want to add on top to that or your own advice? No, I think that's, I think that's perfect at the end of the day. You know, you just got to give it a shot and see what, see what works for you. And I mean, you know, just, just make sure, like, like I always say, the number one rule, just make sure you know where you're going to sell your position if you want to get out. Like, before you get in, have a have an idea of where you're willing to take a loss, why you're going to take a loss there. And when it gets there, make sure you take that loss and don't just hope it comes back up. 
Yeah, I think I want to add on what Blake was saying. Like, this is probably one of the best things. Like, financial literacy, financial education is probably one of the best things a person can do for themselves, especially at a young age. And uh, I, yeah. I'm a stat guy, so I just want to put up some stats out there. Like, <clears throat> anytime you, you talk to an analyst or you see an analyst on TV or a, an economist, and they're talking about how there's no inflation, there has been inflation in the last 10 years, they always reference this thing called the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. You know, it, it, it covers the price, it tracks the price of bag of milk, Netflix, shoes, right, whatever consumer products are. And that number doesn't really go up or down. And so they say, oh, well, there's no inflation or it's 1%. But a lot of really smart people have said real, real inflation is around 14% a year. And that means every five years, your value, your, the value of your money um, is halved in terms of its buying power. And the reason you don't see this is because, because yeah, the bag of milk doesn't change in price over five, 10 years. Netflix maybe goes up a buck every few years, right? You're not feeling that. Yeah. But if you look at the cost of everything that's actually, that actually matters and are, is, a, is of a high value in your life, um, medical costs, insurance, car, college education, homes, these things have astronomically increased in price, right? And so if you don't understand how to, like savings is essentially letting your money slip 14% of value every year, right? So if you, if you can invest somehow in stocks, equities, the market, or even property, that's the only hedge against this inflation. Like this past year was literally evidence in front of everyone's eyes that you can lose your job and that safe paying salary desk job in a heartbeat. It's gone. You're not working anymore. Your business is closed. Hundreds of thousands of businesses have closed everywhere. That could have been your job and then you're left with what? How are you going to pay for the food to get on your table? How are you going to pay for the roof over your head? You need to figure out something else to do for yourself as a backup plan, as a safe net. And even if it's just a side hustle right now, you still have it there for that possibility. It's literally like 2020 was literally proof in front of everyone's eyes that it, anything could happen. Anything could be taken away from you at any time. So you need to figure out some other way to make sure you're comfortable. Yeah, either multiple streams of income or I hate the term passive investing, but it is true. There's, you know, you can put some money in an index and just at least let it sit there versus, yeah. I know. Yeah, I mean, even if you put your money just into an index, you're, what is it, 8% per year over the past 50 yeah. years or whatever? Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, you're, you're never going to get eight percent per year putting your money in a bank account. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so put all just put all your money into an index. You don't have to worry about it. it just sits there. You're you know you can hold it for twenty years. You're guaranteed to make eight percent every year, mostly yeah. guaranteed. You know you never know, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you're getting 100%. dividends. You're getting those regular little payments all the time too. I mean, like it, it's it's a no brainer, really. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So I think the theme of this episode is just get. Get educated and don't listen to other people because th that could cost you your actual money, right? So, uh, so thank you, Blake. People for ideas, but make your yeah. own decisions. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Always listen, yeah. but verify and like, do your own research. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, well, I want to thank Blake for coming on, and I hope we can get you on again real soon. Thank you, probably. And then, uh, yeah, Cameron, same thing. Talk later. Let's. Oh, you know what? Let's talk later about uh, putting up together PDF or those shorter videos because I think that's a great idea. Yeah. 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 All right. Perfect. Thank you, everybody. Take care.